Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, my friends. We will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. What do you think would happen if you got out of your own way, changed your environment, went cold turkey, quit your bad habits, and chose to put yourself first? What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well. I'm very excited for today's episode with my friend, mentor, buddy, I will say, and, and coach Akbar Sheikh, who is a man that I met about a year ago um, who has helped me a tremendous amount just in what I've learned about community building, what I've learned and about bringing people together, what I've learned and about you know, growing a business for the purpose of service. And this episode, as you may have seen, is titled Make More to Give More. And that is Akbar's entire, entire mission to help empower people to make more money so that they can give more. And one of the really fascinating things that has happened in my journey since I met him a year ago is that 
I've made more money. And because of that, I've been able to donate more and not just money, but time and effort and energy. And in that really changed my mind because for the first, just full transparency for the first couple of years of this business, really the first three years of this business, I lost money. Most businesses lose money in the beginning, right? When I switched to coaching and it's a long story, I won't get into the details of it, but when I started figuring out, okay, wait, I want to coach people. I want to run the podcast. I want to write more books. I want to do all these things. And I started making money and the business was profitable and people were investing to come over because Think Unbroken was working and it was changing their life and it was impactful. Um, I had this realization where I was like, oh, I, I should probably donate some of this or start a foundation or something. And you know, that old joke or not joke, excuse me, the old adage, like when the student's ready, the master will appear. No bullshit. I sit down, I'm having this thought. And the next day I'll come across this guy on Facebook who was mentoring one of my friends. And I was like, oh, this is clearly the guy who's going to help me. And so this conversation is really interesting. I enjoy it a lot. And one, because it's a friend and, and a mentor, but two, because I think that if you really listen and pay attention, you'll think about life through maybe a little bit of a different scope than you have been in terms of what you give to your community, to your family, to your friends, not even just financially, but in all aspects. And so I'm very excited about this episode with Akbar Sheikh. And without further ado, my friends, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal in company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today. And I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. We'll be right back to the show. But before we do, I'm going to take a moment and tell you about my new book, Unbroken Man, A Man's Guide to Being the Hero of Their Own Story. I sat down a few months ago and realized that there are so many men in the world that need guidance, that need support, that need to learn about trauma, removing themselves from toxic masculinity, breaking down the barriers to vulnerability, getting unstuck, and ultimately learning the tools to become the hero of their own story. Unbroken Man is available for pre-order right now if you go to men.thinkunbroken.com where you'll also get access to over $1,000 in bonuses, including the six-week in-depth trauma healing coaching app, which you'll get instant access to. I created Unbroken Man to be accessible to everyone around the world, but it is written for men from the guise of a man, and I hope that you will find it to be a practical tool on your healing journey in the same way that thousands of men around the world have. So check out men.thinkunbroken.com thinkunbroken.com to pre-order and until next time be unbroken 
Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I am super excited to be joined by my guest and one of my mentors, Akbar Sheikh, who is on a mission to help people give more to make more and vice versa. Um, Akbar, my friend, how are you? What is going on in your world today? Hey, man, appreciate you having me. That's it. Like you said, man, just every day, same goal, help people make more to give more. And uh, that's our compass. That's our North Star. I love it. It's so beautiful and powerful. And, you know, for, for context, so people understand, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in coaches. I have a fitness coach. I have a business coach. I have a mindset coach. I have um, a speaking coach. I have everybody because the one thing that I know about my life is I actually don't know anything. And so I'm always looking at and trying to measure people who are simply one step ahead of me who can help me on my journey. And that's how you and I connected. So I'm really excited about this conversation because you're actually the first one of my coaches I've had on the on the show in our over 100 episodes. So before we dive in and we talk about a lot of your journey and kind of our parlay, tell everybody a little bit about you, your background, your history, and create some context so uh, the people listening, the Unbroken Nation, know who you are. Yeah, man. Uh, well, it's been, it's been a crazy ride, so I'll try to make it. I'll try to um, give kind of the... Uh, cliff note version of it listen man i you know kind of a normal life grew up in you know born in san francisco grew up in, in uh, connecticut and pretty good healthy uh, i don't know what you want to call it middle class kind of uh life uh you know house big backyard in connecticut blah 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 a couple of siblings you know had a lot of fun running around chasing rabbits in the backyard and stuff uh you know Listen, got to college, uh, pretty good guy, you know, nice guy, nice habits. Uh, so like a good boy, that kind of, you know, not, not like a troublemaker. Um, after college, I, I was bred in an entrepreneurial family, uh, generations and generations of, of entrepreneurs. So my whole life, I, I, it's not like I ever really had a choice on what I was going to do. Even when I was in uh, first grade, we had an assembly and everybody had to be like, you had to go up to the uh, theater and you had to tell the whole audience, what is it that you want to be when you grow up? And someone's like, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to be an astronaut. You know, like the typical kind of answers you get from people in first grade. And I said, I want to be a businessman. And everyone started laughing because it's just not something you hear. I mean, like it's been ingrained in me since like, birth, basically, that you're going to be an entrepreneur. So here's the thing. After college... You know, I mean, during college and stuff, you know, I'm doing some, you know, little side gigs and stuff. But after college, I really go into business. And it was the family business. It was retail. And so, like, my whole life, never thought about what I'm going to do. I just always know I'm going to go into retail and the family business. And, man, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I, I just hated it. You know, and I got in, I'm like, holy crap, I hate this. This is a nightmare. I don't want to do this at all. And I remember it's like my whole life crashed, like, I was just like, I literally like hit a brick wall because I'm like, my whole life, I'm like, da, 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 da. I'm never thinking about like, what's my purpose? I'm like, da, da, da. You know, it's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in business. I'm going to be in the family business. Da, 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 da. Wait a minute. This sucks. I hate this. And everything just started falling apart from that. Um, you know, why, why I didn't like retail so many reasons? You know, I, I think it's like the self made kind of like trap. Your work is never done. The customer's always right, but in reality, they never really are. Um, it was just kind of a nightmare setting, um, kind of like this weird prison that you're stuck in. Anyway, 
dude, I started getting into like bad habits. I was lost. I, I gained weight. I started developing bad, terrible habits, uh, all different types of bad habits. We'll, we'll keep it PG, but let me tell you all different types of bad, bad habits. Um, you know, I, 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 whatever spirituality I had, I lost it. I wasn't praying. I wasn't spiritual. I got involved in toxic relationships, both intimate ones and both with friends. And my life literally just fell apart um, to the point where I ended up in the hospital from partying too much. Uh, I mixed a lot of things that uh, they didn't teach me. In, well, no, they did teach me in school, but I mixed a lot of things you were not supposed to mix <laughs> and I ended up in the hospital half dead. Um, but I didn't die. And, and God saved me. And then, uh, you know, everything changed. I lost, I took that second chance real seriously. I lost 50 pounds. I went organic. I dropped all my bad habits overnight. Uh, I got out of all my toxic relationships. I was in a terrible marriage as well. Uh, what else did I do? I started doing yoga. I started getting spiritual, started praying. And, uh, you know, I just totally rebuilt myself as a person. Only then did I start finding success after years and years and years of failure. Um, and then, you know, long story short, here we are as a, uh, you know, we used to, it's kind of a cool little story. You know, we used to live in an electrical closet on a bunk bed with my brother uh, in San Francisco Bay Area. And now, you know, thank God, uh, you know, we've reached, we've become like a top 1% global coach. And uh, with the North Star being helping people to make more uh, in order to give more. So that's that's a long story short. Yeah, well, and and I'll say this, you don't have to keep it PG unless you want to. Your <laughs> life, your story, my friend. I, I have a lot of uh, admiration and appreciation for that. As as many of the Unbroken Nation know, you know, yeah. I was 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep, yeah. destroying my life. And, you yeah. know, fast forward 11 years later, here I am talking to you. And, you know, I think what's really fascinating is I, I had entrepreneurship tendencies from the time that I was a little boy at eight years old, I was knocking door to door selling stuff for the Boy Scouts. And then by the time I was 12, I was selling drugs. And by the time that I was 20, I was selling for a corp for a fortune 10 corporation. So in, in a sense, kind of entrepreneurship has always been ingrained in me deeply. And it's it feels like to me the the passage to uh, kind of creating the life that you want to have. And that's different for, I don't think everybody has to be an entrepreneur, obviously, but, but in this process, man, you know, one of the things that I, I think is fascinating is, you know, this idea that we often succumb to so many of the vices we have in our life, to so many of the opportunities that don't make our life better to, to food and drugs and women and cars and clothes or men or, you know, whatever it is that, that your vice is, what what was happening in your life where you looked at it and you measured and you were like, you know what, I'm actually going to change? Because here's the truth, man, and I think you'll agree with this. Most people, they look at their life and they'll say, I'm going to change tomorrow, right? What was happening for you where you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to yeah. take this thing seriously. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to answer that, but I just, you know, I just had a quick thought that I wanted to share actually. And because I think it's really helpful um, on this topic is because I was recently in Sydney for eight months and I know that sounds awesome. And though, and the parts of it were totally awesome, but I want to give a practical tip to people who are suffering right now. Um, you know, a lot was going on um, in Australia. My daughter had a freak trampoline accident. And she broke her leg in a not not a regular break, but a freak break where um, she actually 
went through the growth plate and they were doctors are scaring us that she might never walk properly again. It's a freak accident. They were shocked. They, they said that people get this are usually in a car wreck. Like, what do you mean she was on a trampoline? And uh, that happened. Uh, some of my very close family had some very personal, very serious health issues that, um, that I'll keep private for them. My business um, was hurting because of the environment that I was in in Australia and the time zone difference. It was very challenging to, to work in that time zone because by the time we wake up over there, everyone here is ending their day. And it was actually just the environment. You see, I was living, and I, and I actually love my in-laws, to be honest with you, but I was living with them. And that, for me, wasn't the ideal environment because it's not my space. And it wasn't, you see, like, people, I, I, I have a nice office. And I say that by design because this is my laboratory where I can create marketing campaigns, customer service sales. It's an environment where I thrive. There, there's a view of the water, which which I really like. There's high ceilings, which I really, you know, it's very much curated to cultivate my creativity. And, and I didn't have that over there. And so that environment that I was in was not good for me. It, it wasn't uh, helping me create. It wasn't helping me get to work. I hated my office over there. I only had like an opportunity to have like one place and I hated it. Um, and because of the environment that I was in, a toxic environment, I actually, like, I'm a totally different guy now. Like, I pray. I'm pretty God-fearing, pretty religious. I don't really have any of those, like, you know, those those typical vices. Dude, I wanted to, like, I, for the first time in I don't know how long, dude, I wanted to go drink. Like, I wanted to go drink. You know, I don't believe, all due respect, but I don't believe in, like, some of the typical alcoholic kind of uh, thought process that you're kind of always an alcoholic and, you're, and it's one day at a time. I, I don't, I don't. Just from personal experience, I dropped it cold turkey and then, you know, I don't think about it like that at all. But, dude, because I was in that toxic environment, I wanted, I started chewing tobacco. Um, I went to the gas station several times to buy a pack of cigarettes because I used to be a, not a chain smoker, just a regular, I guess, pack a day smoker. And I stopped myself a couple, a couple of times I went there and literally paced around the gas station. I thought they might call the police because it was kind of shady because I'm looking all bugged out, right? Because I'm like frazzled and I'm pacing around the gas station. Okay, don't buy the cigarettes. Don't buy the cigarettes. Don't buy the cigarettes. And um, luckily enough, my my uh, God-fearingness is is now deep enough and I've practiced enough where I, where I wasn't going to buy a drink. Did the thought cross my mind? Absolutely. But that kind of really was not going to happen. But it was getting kind of dangerous. Like, okay, dude, I'm going to, oh my God, I'm going to start drinking. And I did start, yeah, I started smoking some cigars and chewing tobacco. And I started drinking like six cups of caffeine a day, which I never really did before. And I was just trying to escape that environment through my vices, which many years ago when I ended up in the hospital, half dead, it was the same thing. My environment sucked. I was in terrible relationships. I was in a job I hated. So a practical tip I want to give people real quick is, dude, get the hell out of your environment. If it's making you feel this way, get the F out immediately, like right away. Like, I don't care. Just do whatever you got to do. Get out. You know, if you're living with someone who's driving you nuts, a roommate, get out. Oh, you can't afford it? Too bad. I don't care. Like, go go, go somewhere else. That's, that's cheaper. Figure it out. Like, you're going to keep hurting yourself and you, you are a product of your environment. And if you're not thriving there, you need to leave and get up. And it's hard and it's a bold move. But I, what I can promise you is you're going to be much better off. Otherwise, you're going to keep suffering. So that's just like a little tip I wanted to give people. Um, yeah, I I agree with that. And there are people who 
I know for certain will will hear this and they will push back and they will come up with all the excuses in the world for why they can't. And and the truth is, I resonate. I'll be the first person to raise my hand and be like, I understand that place where the suffering has just become the norm. And and I think that there's something innately human about that to a certain extent in which we for lack of a better term, do invite suffering into our lives. But I would argue that the same effort and energy that it takes to destroy your life is the same energy and effort it takes to build your life. And so much of it, I, I believe, lies within the way that we're talking to ourselves. And and I'm curious about this, if you'd be open to sharing it. What kind of conversation were you having with yourself prior to making this massive change in your life versus the conversation you have with yourself today? I mean, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was at the hospital um, and I told my parents, which is kind of like really embarrassing. Like, I guess, you know, I have more traditional for you know, traditional school kind of parents, the type where you don't, you know, you don't even smoke a cigarette in front of them or you don't even talk about, you know, certain things in front of them, you know, very traditional old school kind of parents. I'm, I'm sure some people can relate to that, but I'll never forget like the day after my hospital, I was in the hospital, in the ER. I, I forget. I think I pulled up uh, my arm or something. I showed them like uh, the, the injection or, or the IV or whatever the hell it was. And I was like, yeah, no, last night, all night, you know, you, know, you guys don't even know you were sleeping, but I was in the, uh, I was in the ER and um, you know, I'm bugged out and I need to, and, I need to make that change. Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And, um, I, and it's like, I, I hate to say, it cause I don't know if this is helpful for people, which is why I wanted to give a practical tip about changing environment. But like the truth of me, the, 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 the honest truth is I, I just hit rock bottom. Like I just hit rock bottom. I mean, half dead in hospital. I'm just like, dude, I just took that wake up call seriously. And I feel bad. Cause there's some people who don't, I have a very close friend. He's an alcoholic and he fell off his bed recently and busted his head open, went to the ER and they said, dude, you very easily could have died. Very easily could have died, but somehow you're alive. Dude's still drinking. He did not take that second chance seriously. I, I'm blessed to say I did, you know. Um, so, yeah, man, that was, that was just it with me. It's just, I was just like, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm like, all right, enough is enough. That's it. Boom, cold turkey cold turkey that was my methodology and i'm not recommending that for everybody because for some people i think that might be dangerous but uh, you definitely want to talk to a doctor or whatever but for me i dropped everything cold turkey funny enough the hardest thing for me to drop actually <laughs> was smoking <laughs> uh cigarettes that was actually the hardest and, and that and if you just recently started smoking if you get nothing out of this but this one thing stop now i'll never forget my dad who caught me smoking when i was like God, all these years ago, and my God, my first pack I ever bought, funny enough, was like a Newport. My dad caught that, and he's like, you know, because my dad used to smoke. He's like, don't do this. Don't do this. Like, stop now. And I'm like, yeah, no, I just started like a week ago. I can probably stop. And I wish I listened, but I didn't stop, and I smoked for over a decade. And, dude, I still hella, hella, hella miss it to this day. Like, I wish I was smoking right now. Like, that's that one thing. Those mother effers, like, there's a memo, by the way, um, from the cigarette companies. They don't actually sell cigarettes. They sell nicotine. Cigarettes is simply a carrying case for that for their product. Their product is actually nicotine. They can't give you like a handful of nicotine. They have to case it in something. So they just case it in a cigarette. But it's that substance that honestly, I think I feel like it stays with you for life. Like I would I would love to smoke right now, but you know, it's just you can't. It's just terrible for you, right? Um, so I anyway, the one thing I want to tell you is that if you just started smoking, if anyone's listening, 
trust me when I tell you the best piece of advice I could give you stop don't stop now like right now before it's too late because you'll be effed for life it stays with you forever yeah I'm I'm gonna parlay with you on that one as someone who did smoke for a long yeah, time in my experience it. anyway I apologize yeah to- no I, I you're here for your experience and and I agree with you you know as a two pack a day former smoker man there are these moments where I'm just sitting I'm like writing a book or I'm I'm here on the podcast or whatever and I'm like man I just I want one but here here's what I want to tie into this that I really want to hit home how much of the actions that you choose in your life are about what you think what what is it about the way that you think that you have disallowed yourself from really stepping deep into those vices again because I do think that at some point it's almost entirely, if not entirely, choice base. So what what kind of language are you using with yourself when it comes to creating and having the life that you want to have right now? Yeah, it's exactly that. You know, what's fascinating to me right now is like, there's this whole NFT and crypto craze out there, right? And I think there's a lot of toxicity. I think social media is a great tool and everything, but I think it's really toxic as well in the sense that everyone opens up their Facebook right now, at least entrepreneurial people, they're following certain people and they'll see nothing but, oh, I made, I just sold this ape for $50,000. Oh, I just sold this mutant ape for $150,000. Oh, I just, you know, tripled my money in crypto in five minutes. And it's like, that's a very toxic thing to see because it's very triggering for FOMO. Um, And then what happens is people just dump, 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 dump and lose because they don't know what the hell they're doing. It becomes like a lottery thing. And I'm not, it's funny, actually, I have a, I'm not, I'm not like a big Gary Vee fan, but funny enough, I have a picture of me and him, like, uh, like, I'm not hugging, but you know, like, uh, anyway, we're, we're hanging out <laughs> or we're just posing together. I have a big picture of him here in my office. And it's funny because I'm not like a big Gary Vee guy, but he just recently tweeted something that was so cool. And he's like, dude, I spent months researching NFTs and hundreds of hours researching before I bought a single one. Not like everyone else, they see someone, oh, I made 50,000 flipping an ape. Boom. Five minutes later, they're on OpenSea trying to buy an NFT, right? And I think it is 100% a choice. Like, do you want to be successful in NFTs? That's a choice. You want to be a lottery lottery dude and and just gamble? Like, that's a choice too. Go ahead. But do you really want to win at it? It's a choice. And the choice is take your time, forget the FOMO, study the marketplace, research, spend hours and hours and hours doing it and then you will crush it if you are dedicated to the craft not the lottery side of it everything's a choice dude check it out me, me and you lost a bunch of weight i lost 60 pounds watch this there's a cheeseburger in front of me it's a choice am i eating it or not you understand what i'm saying if i eat it i'm gonna stay fat if i don't eat it i'm gonna start losing weight that's one of my favorite things about about life is that success is truly a choice uh yesterday i have a choice do i want to just just go just go on the boat all day and not work? I can. Or do I want to work really focused on my business and grow it? It's a choice. It's just, it's all just a choice. Uh, I made the wrong choices for many, many years. What I will say as far as a helpful tip for those of you who are making maybe the wrong choices is it's, I, think it's, I think it's helpful. I think two things are very helpful. I think having the right person in your life is very helpful, a significant other. I think that's really, really helpful. Someone to keep, because that's your best friend or supposed to be in my opinion, uh, or at least one of your best friends. And they they know you the best probably because they live with you <laughs> and they will help guide you 
at least in my life, when I was around toxic people, when I was with bums, I was a bum. And when I was with, you know, higher quality people, um, like, dude, when I was hanging out with the wrong people, I was, I was broke, completely broke, uh, you know, getting uh, the government, you know, I got to the point where the government was paying, uh, like, like helping me pay my rent. And now that I'm, I'm, I'm married to an incredible woman, you know, like I said, you know, we, and I, I don't mean to like say this in a cheesy way, but you know, we feel like the top, top 1% of our field and, you know, I'm not trying to like be cheesy about it, but I'm just trying to like illustrate how important it is to have the right people in your life. Um, and of course that same goes with the coaches. In other words, your environment, right? Again, it goes back to your environment. The other thing I was going to tell you is, uh, how to make that change. I developed, and this is kind of interesting. I don't hear, I, I, you don't hear people talking about this much, but I kind of developed a fear of bad choices. Um, like I thought if I'm going to, and this isn't health, I don't think this is a healthy way to do it. I'm just being honest about the way I did it. But like I viewed a cheeseburger, like if I eat that dude, I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm not recommending this methodology at all. <laughs> I'm just telling you how, like some of what I did, but you know, I, I was fearful of bad choices. I made myself fearful of bad choices. Um, and that was really powerful for me for sure. Um, but yeah, that's just some of what I went through. I, I think there is, and I'm actually in the same boat as you because I, I remember distinctly when I quit smoking, I was like, the next cigarette you have is going to end your life. And, <laughs> oh, really? and, and that's what I started putting in my head. And it was cold turkey and it was hard, man. It was so hard. And it's not that I hadn't quit 3000 times before that. Right. The, everyone always, that's the joke, right? My last cigarette's always my last cigarette. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, I found myself just constantly, it wasn't just that, but it was the food, it was the addictions, it was all of those things. And, and part of it was the fear. And, and what I'm curious about if, if this rings true for you at all is I was, I was afraid of the potential that I had to have success in my life because the only thing that I ever saw was, the the opposite of that growing up in the hood being homeless living in hud housing living in trailer parks like all oh, the whole nine man and i would just see life and i go this is what it was supposed to be i'm settled on the idea that my life will never be anything greater than this and so be it and so it was also fear that kept me trapped but my fear was the fear of success and i think this happens quite often you see it especially, I mean, I, I'm with entrepreneurs all the time. I'm with coaches all the time. I'm with people all the time who don't understand how important it is that it first starts with them giving themselves permission to be successful. Have you found that to be a part of your journey as well? Totally, man. I mean, you know, people just come up with all different types of excuses. I had a, I, I had a consult with someone this morning and they're like, dude, I don't want to sell anything. Dude's made... He's made good money in e-com, all right? So now he wants to kind of coach people on how to do the same. And, he, and I'm like, why aren't you selling anybody? He goes, dude, I don't want to sell anybody because, uh, dude, I will not be able to stand it if somebody buys something from me and they don't get any results. And I'm like, bro, what? Like, with all due res like respect, like, what world are you living on, bro? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it, it's if you really sit down and think about it, it's, it's insanity. And I'm going to take this deeper in a minute. But what I told him was like, dude, when the first like business conference I ever went to, internet marketing conference I ever went to, I had no money. I put it on a credit card. I flew to London. I had no money to buy the ticket either. And my whole family was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You don't have any money. What the hell are you doing going to London for like some internet marketing conference? I'll never forget what the dude told me. 
He said, some, it was a two-day event. He said, some of you are going to listen to this, what I'm going to teach you today. You're going to think it's nonsense, and you're not even going to show up tomorrow. Some of you are going to try some of the things I'm teaching you. You're going to try a little bit. You're going to give up. And if you say it's not for me, it's garbage, it's maybe even a scam. No, this is silly. I'm out of here. Some of you are going to take this information and you're going to make millions with it. We'll be right back to this episode of the Think Unbroken podcast in just a moment. But I wanted to invite you to come and join the Think Unbroken Discord community. If you don't know about Discord, it's being built on Web3, which is a platform that we as the users get to own. So no more Instagram or Facebook or algorithms getting in the way of you seeing and, and being a part of content. In the Discord channel, we're going to grow this to hundreds of thousands of community members, hopefully over time. But today, it's small, it's close, it's intimate, where you'll be able to get access to live coaching with me, where you'll have chat with the Unbroken Nation community, where you can talk about a range of topics, anywhere from thinking about habits and growth mindset, goals, trauma, recovery, dating, relationships, career, accountability, business, meditation, feedback, and more. And so all you have to do is go to thinkunbroken.com slash discord. That's thinkunbroken.com slash discord. That's D-I-S-C-O-R-D to join the Unbroken Nation community. And I remember saying at that time, that's going to be me. And it, crazy enough, it did end up happening to be me. But it's so true. And I love that analogy because I love that pie. You take any pie piece of a population and that's what it is. You can have some people, most people, it's just like buying up. I'll give you a perfect analogy. It's like a gym. Your local gym that can only hold capacity of 200 people, they have sold 2,000 memberships. If all 2,000 people were to come, they don't even have any room for them because they know the algorithm is that the vast majority of people are not even going to show up. They're not even going to show up. Um, so that's, that, that's what I was trying to tell him in his mindset. You know what I'm saying? And he texted me. He texted me later. He goes, bro, you totally changed my, my whole mind. You changed the way I think about everything. I, I can now stop. Like, he, he said, like, I feel like the chains are off and I can sell now. So in other words, I think that you are your biggest enemy. But I'll take it a step deeper. Okay. And this is for my spiritual people out there. <laughs> and, really, and I'm not here to preach, man. I'm just telling you what I believe. But I truly believe if you are, in a, additionally, if you're an entrepreneur, for example, or really anybody, but let's just say an entrepreneur, and your aim is to make this world a better place, well, then guess what? You got a big target on you. You want to know who that target, who, who's pointing that target at you? Uh, well, think about it. Who is the one being that does not want you to do good at all? There is something out there that th their job 24-7, they don't eat, they don't drink, they're not married, they don't use the bathroom, they don't watch Netflix, they don't do anything. 24-7 like a machine, they have one goal, and that is to make sure you do not do good things. And that's the devil. The devil's job, the devil's promise to God is, oh yeah, you think you created man, you think man's so great, watch my, 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 my life's mission is to corrupt your creation. Because the devil didn't want to bow down to humans. He didn't want to, he said, no, nah, humans are made from mud, I'm made from fire, ego. And so he dedicated his life to corrupting us. So to me, I feel, this is my personal opinion, shiny object syndrome, imposter syndrome, anxiety, these are kryptonites for entrepreneurs. The whole game is 90% mental. Like People are like, oh, dude, give me the funnel, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I got great funnels and all that stuff, sure. But the whole thing is 90% mental. 
guess who else knows that? The devil. Uh, I think all these things are from from him. That he puts all this in our in, in our heads. Why? Because he knows that if our minds are not, we got all this mind trash. We're not doing any good. How many people out there are not getting enough clients? How many people out there their business is stuck? How many people are just not doing well because of all the mind trash? You know, the only way we can do more good is to get more clients. The only way we can do more good is to make more. I, I every month we build. I build a community center. Every single month I fund the entire construction uh, of a community center. Or we rebuild uh, one that got destroyed due to a flood or whatever. That's not going to happen unless we're making good money. I got to fight my mind trash all the time. I'm, I'm boxing with the devil all the time, right? Sometimes he makes me feel like, dude, I don't want to do this business anymore. So F it. I'm going to go buy crypto. <laughs> like, forget this shit. Like, I don't want to coach anymore. I want to go buy crypto. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't think these thoughts don't come in my head? Of course they do. Um, so I think it's good to know our enemy. And good to know that, so we know, and we so we know what's happening. Then we can learn to combat that. Um, and 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 I hope that 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 helps people. Yeah, I think you're. It's such a great point, and I, I think whether you're religious or not, that that's a, a side point. I think more so, it's really about leveraging and understanding the thoughts that you make. Like those are everything, and I say this every client I teach, every time people listen to this podcast, I always say it: what you think becomes what you speak, what you speak become your actions and your actions become your reality. And if you allow yourself to be poisoned by negativity, that's going to be your life. If you wake up in the morning, you put your feet on the ground, you're like, I hate my life. Your life is going to suck because you're not going to do things that move you towards the direction of having the life that you want to have. And when I wake up in the morning, every single day, I put my feet on the ground and I'm grateful that I'm here despite the chaos of my existence. And I say, I am the one in control of my future. I am the one in control of my life. I am the leader of my life. And that helps me so much because dude, let me tell you this, nothing, nothing on planet earth brings me more joy than laying in bed, smoking a joint and eating chocolate cake. But how do you change the world if that's the only thing that you're focused on? Because my mission and my goal is to end generational trauma in my lifetime. So if I'm getting fucking stoned all day, eating chocolate cake, not taking care of myself, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. And, and that, that like, I'm not saying it's easy because it's not easy. Like the drive to create the life that you want to have. I mean, I've been working at this for 11 years we've only known each other for one, right? Think about that, right? It takes forever. And you know this to create the life that you want to have. One of the things that I think is really beautiful about the way that you step into and think about the world is through this aspect of giving more. And and you, you talked about it just briefly about rebuilding community centers, but I know that you do so much more. Can you talk about the shift in your ideology and the way you think about not only just business, but because it impacts your life. Talk about that shift in which you decided to become philanthropic in the level in which you are. And also, because I think it's really important, can you talk about the impact that it's had on your life? There, you know, I've just, I, I don't like wearing these uh, name brand shirts, you know, like, like a big swoosh, or like a big, I don't know, whatever, Gucci or whatever, because I'm like, dude, what am I, a schmuck? I'm going to pay you whatever, 100, 100 bucks for a shirt, and then I'm just going to walk around marketing your brand. I'm paying you to market your brand. And what the hell do you stand for? Like, what the hell does like Reebok stand for, for example's sake, right? Or, or Gap. What, what, what does Gap stand for? I remember going to my the, the Gap store, and like, 
we're going shopping for my kids and it's all big gap, gap, gap. I'm like, why the hell would I pay 50 bucks for my kid to be your, your walking billboard? You should be paying me. Like you should be giving it to me. Like, like it makes no sense to me. I think it's the most absurd thing in fashion, by the way. I think it's the stupidest thing out there, to be honest with you. I get the posers out there, you know, who wear a big Gucci. Like I get that. I don't get the people who wear a big gap or some shit like that. Like I, what, like, what does that mean? Like, why are you renting out your space to say gap? It's just anyway, that's a little rant, but um, the point is, I actually have one Nike shirt <laughs> because I really like the message. So I will, I will rep that and I will market that. And so the Nike shirt says "built, not born," and it's a fascinating conversation, I think. And by the way, I mean no disrespect to anybody. Like if you are a Gap shirt or whatever, but that's just my ranting. But um. This is debate we had in college. Like, are you born an entrepreneur or are you built into one? I, in my experience, I think you're born into it. Personally, I think that you're born with some of those traits. Um, my whole family's like this, dude. To be honest with you, we're all like philanthropic and giving and stuff. I kind of just grew up in that environment. Um, that's kind of just genetically what our family's been like for generations. To go deeper than that, um, it's about satisfaction. Like, you know, when I first started making money and stuff, like, yeah, I bought some fun toys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I bought a Bentley and stuff like that. But it's like, now it's like, oh, man, like, that's cool and everything. But you know what I'd really like is, like, the new Bentley SUV, for example's sake. In other words, it's like, it can get to a point where those things start losing their luster a little bit. And I think the high that remains is the high of giving. Do you know what I mean? Um, to me, that's the best high I've ever experienced. Is like just just today, I, I sent pictures to my family. We have a family like chat group of like some of the construction of a new community center we're building. And dude, it just it felt good. You know what I mean? It felt good. And so it's like you know, even if I go out of like, to the point of this, even if I go out of business tomorrow. Now, let's just say I go bankrupt tomorrow. You know what? I don't really care because you know what? We've done good. Like we did our best and we've built community centers. We've built water wells. We've given, give, give, given the gift of vision to blind people. We've sponsored orphans. Like we did some good in this world. You know what I'm saying? And that, nobody can take that from me because that's already done. Those orphans have been sponsored. Those eye surgeries have been paid for. Those meals have been fed. You know what I mean? Like it's done. Those wells are built and water's coming out of it. And, um, you know, so it's like, that's feels good going back to the North star statement. Like what's our purpose in this life? To me, it's real black and white. Our purpose in this life is to do good. Like, again, I'll go back to religion. Uh, and again, I'm not preaching. I'm just telling you what I believe in, but I do believe in heaven and hell. And I believe that if you do good you go to heaven and you do bad, you're going to go to hell. So the point of this game, it's like a hundred years, call it a hundred years, even though it's not. But let's just say you're on this planet for 100 years. Well, and 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 heaven or hell is a billion years. It's actually not a billion years. It's like a, a trillion years. It's not even a trillion years. It's like a it's like a hundred million gazillion quadrillion. It's it's infinity, right? But let's just say, just to illustrate, let's just say it's a hundred trillion. So this life is a hundred years. Heaven or hell is a hundred trillion years. And where you spend that hundred trillion years is based on how you spend this hundred years. You know what I'm saying? Simple math. I'm just like, well, shoot, man. I got to do as much good as humanly possible. 
that's the name of the game. The name of the game is just to cut. It's like a video game, kind of. I mean, I gotta go. It's like, I gotta be Super Mario. I gotta go collecting as many coins as freaking possible. You understand what I'm saying? My 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 mission every day is keep collecting coins. Bing 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 bing. Flower fireballs, more coins. Boom boom boom. You know what I'm saying? So that North Star helps a lot. I think. I think that really helps a lot. Um, you know what I mean? Why do you think? And and I I agree. I'll, I'll say this, and this is just from my own personal side. When I'm able to make impact and pay for something for someone to bring a benefit to someone's family, whether they're here stateside or anywhere in the world, uh, whether it's building a well or doing anything, you know, a lot of things that you've done as well, there's joy that I get in that because I come from nothing. Dude, I literally at eight years old, the water company came and turned our water off. We were that impoverished. I've been so poor that I had to borrow money to pay my rent. I've been so poor. I've had to steal food to survive. I've been poor and impoverished and homeless in ways that most people can never fathom. And for a long time, my only driver in life was money. That's how I ended up working for a fortune 10 company at 20 years old with no high school diploma and no college degree. I was like, I will figure this out. And then what happened is I got money and I used it for all the wrong purposes. And that, that really, really destroyed my life. And, and I think what's fascinating is that as I've grown, not only as a person, as a leader, as a coach, as all the things that I do, I've become more and more comfortable with the idea that you cannot actually create impact in the world without money. Because it's the currency for, if it were gummy bears, I'd be like, I want gummy bears. Like, how do I do that? But it's not. Why do you think that people are so, and and my experience, let me preface it this, my experience of getting to a place of comfort with what I just said was a battle, dude. It was a fucking battle to be okay with the fact that you are allowed to have financial stability in your life. I was living paycheck to paycheck, making $150,000 a year, right? Because I didn't know any better. And I only was like, how do I sabotage it? How do I sabotage it? Not having those words then, but now certainly, you know, over a decade removed from that. But what I'm curious about is two parts. One, why do you think people struggle so much with money? And two, why do people struggle with the idea that they have to stay poor to create impact? Yeah, man, I love that. I think there's a couple of things. And and one of them I don't think is ta- talked about a lot. First of all, and I don't, you know, I don't know how helpful this is, but I'll just quickly talk to you about like what my relationship with money is very, very different. It's because I grew up with a lot of money that went through these hands. Like I told you, uh, my family's in retail. My dad was the first guy to bring the dollar store concept to Connecticut. So on the weekends or whatever, ever since I was a kid, I would be cashiering. I mean, like Christmas Eve, doing $20,000 in one day. It's like constantly. And and back then, dude, people didn't really use credit card at all. Actually, funny enough, it's the opposite now. Everyone's got Apple Pay or whatever. But back then, it was all cash, cash, cash. So very rarely, you know, did someone use a credit card. Um, So I, I have, since I was a kid, I've always been transacting with money. You know what I mean? So I've always been very comfortable with it. Now, there's something interesting that I want to actually blog about or whatever. And it's uh, the, the headline is, Pe- fellow people of color, lend me your ear. Because what I've noticed about a lot of immigrants, 
who or people of color they have immigrated they immigrated <laughs> they're there are the previous generation, you know, migrated to America. For example, sick. I mean, we're in America, so I'll just talk about that for a second. They came to America to live a better life because wherever they came from, uh, my parents came, you know, were born in Africa, for example, sick. You know, wherever they came from, things were not going that well. They came, people come to America for better opportunity. So think about that for a second. The generally speaking, a lot of people come to America are coming because they're they're not in a great situation. And they want to live a better life. So the kids are growing. So so those let's just call them parents for now. Those parents they had it hard in their old country, and they had to struggle and save. So they come to America, and now they're very frugal, very frugal. By the way, this is my own kind of hypothesis. They're very in my own observation. They're very frugal, okay, and that because they're used to living in the old country was a struggle, and then that frugalness, that scarcity mindset, transfers over to their kids. You see, I grew—I mean, like I grew up in America, and I saw firsthand. You see, when my parents got here, they grew up; they were born in uh, in Africa, then they moved to England, then they came to England. They came here from England to New York in the 70s. When my dad came here with his brothers, it was winter. And there was a big Lincoln Town car, one of my favorite cars. I should actually buy one. But it was snowing. And as a Lincoln Town car got stuck in the snow. And my dad and a couple of his brothers sat on the trunk to put weight on the trunk. And the dude got unstuck. The car came out. The guy came out of the car and said, you guys are awesome. And, and he gave my dad and his brothers like a dollar each or whatever. And my dad said, they just got to America and said, man, you, we, you can never starve in this country. And it's a hundred percent, right? You can you like, cause that type of stuff doesn't happen in the old country. Like you got to understand something like you have, with all due respect, I'm not trying to be funny or anything. I'm trying to be literal, but you have to be kind of mentally ill um, to not be able to generate uh, wealth in a first world country. Um, it, you cannot starve in a first world country. It's, it's impossible. Again, you have, to, it's just impossible. It's absolutely impossible. Um, in, in my, in, 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 in my observation, in my experience, um, sorry, sorry. You cannot starve to death. Like you can't like in other countries all over the world, people die of starvation. You can't do that here. It's impossible. There's too many places that give you food. You go to any church, any religious center, any restaurant. I mean, anyway, you know what to do. Any soup kitchen, blah, blah, blah. But, um, uh, what I've experienced is that have you ever asked somebody for five dollars? Be like, hey, dude, I need to borrow five dollars, and that person, man, I wish you asked me five years ago. I had five dollars five years ago, but then I bought that cheeseburger, and that was it, man. I never got any money after that. You understand what I'm saying? Money is constantly replenishing. It's just that I think a lot of people have a scarcity mindset. And I think they inherited a lot of that from their parents, in my observation, and I. I just want to make it clear to people that, dude, like I can literally write. I mean, <laughs> especially online, it's impossible. I mean, I just don't. I mean, it's it's the greatest opportunity I've seen in my entire life. I mean, I, it's like I don't you, I don't know how you can not make money on, online. It's just historically we are the first generation ever uh, to be online entrepreneurs. We're the first users ever to be online entrepreneurs. I mean, this is only the tip of the iceberg. Um, and it's impossible not to crush it. And a lot of people, you know, 
then you have the problem of people saying, okay, awesome, awesome. I want in, I want in. But then they come into that lottery ticket mentality. They come into that lottery. They don't understand that it's a real business. You see business, the first business transaction ever was, I don't know, 77,000 years ago, something like that, where they were trading volcanic glass off the coast of Fiji. And then they got into marketplaces, tents, bazaars. Then the trains and ships were invented. They started doing business that way. Then they invented mail. Then they started doing business, mail order business. Then retail was invented and everyone started going to buy brick and mortar, you know, Walmarts and stuff like that. And now the new mode, so to speak, is the internet. And uh, it's crushing it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's putting brick and mortar out of business. Um, and so it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's impossible not, not, not to make wealth off of it if you're dedicated to it and you treat it like what, what, it's, what it is. And that's an actual business, not, not a lottery ticket. So that's, that's some of my thoughts on money mindset. It, it is a kind of a pet peeve of mine. I feel so bad when I see it because I'm like, damn, I, I, I personally know some people. I'm like, yeah. And I look at their parents. I'm just like, yeah, dude, they just had their parents had it really rough. And they, they always had this scarcity mindset and they just transfer that over to their kids. And, and, uh, that, that really saddens me when I see that. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I look at it and I'm by no stretch of the imagination rich and I don't, I don't pretend that I am and I won't be for many, many years. I understand that it is a process, but here's, what's fascinating to me. My family comes from poverty and their parents came from poverty and their parents came from poverty. And at some point I look at it just like breaking the, the cycle of trauma. You're going to have to create massive shifts in your life to go and get yourself out of poverty and change your relationship with money. You're allowed to have money. You're allowed to have success. You are allowed to be in a position where you can take care of your family, take care of your community, take care of the world. Right. And in the idea that we should ever limit ourselves, and, and I don't think money like money's not your driver. I know that about you. Money's not my driver. I know that about me, but it is the token for which we play the game. And you can't heal children in third world countries or feed children in your city. And you can't help people who are suffering and donate when one of your employees father has a heart attack and do all these different things. If you're poor. And it's, it's a hard truth to face. And I think that there's a lot of money trauma in society. And my hope is that through conversations like this, people at least take something from that and think differently about how it is that they can create massive change in their life. So Akbar, my friend, before I ask you my last question, and this has been a phenomenal conversation, um, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, man. Um, just, I have one website, which is uh, my name.com, a name that nobody can spell or pronounce, but it's A-K-B-A-R-S-H-E-I-K-H. And uh, that's my, that's where you could, you could find me uh, at all the goodies over there. Awesome. And we'll put uh, that in the show notes for those who can't find or spell it. Um, and uh, I love that. My last question for you, my friend, is what does it mean to you to be unbroken? I, I do want to kind of like put a little disclaimer as well. I, I feel like that. I want everyone to know because it's like you might, you know, look at me and Mike and be like, oh, man, you know, like you might be earlier in the journey than us, right? And be like, oh, man, these guys got it figured out and like they got all the success and they're donating all the stuff. And like, I want to be like that. And that's cool. And I'm, and I'm hope that you can get some some inspiration from that. But 
I want you, like, I really want you to know it's, it's, it very much is a process. And the vast majority of what you see online is a lot of smoke and mirrors. There was a guy driving. Um, I'll just protect his identity. So I'll kind of like switch it up a little bit, but he was driving a Lamborghini showing everybody online. Hey, I'm driving a Lamborghini. Truth of the matter is he had very low payments on it and he actually couldn't afford the monthly payments. And he had to, he had to sell it to someone because he couldn't afford the monthly payments. But everyone's thinking, wow, this guy's so rich and successful. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there. And what I want to let you know, even about, and I'll just speak for me, it, it's still very much a process that yes, the make more, give more is a mission. Do we struggle with that North Star regularly? Yeah, we do. Like, I'll be totally vulnerable and honest with you. And I, and I think it's important because I think it's, I think people need to see like what's real because I think otherwise people are mostly chasing smoke and mirrors. Like some of the struggles I go through right now is that like I've become a little uh, numb to things to be completely transparent with you. Like, for example, you might see some of these trophies back here. Uh, when I help a client hit six figures, they get a trophy. When I help them hit seven figures, I give them a trophy. When I help them get eight figures, I get another trophy. There's trophies all around here. Like, like they're, well, they're like, you see like, ah, it's all like, I can't twist the camera, but they're all over this office. You know, our, we've helped our clients collectively do over 50 million. When I first got a trophy, I would like, this is for like the thinking grow rich dudes, but I was like, Ma, look at this, look at this, look at this. Mike, can't believe we helped this guy hit six figures. Oh my god, can you believe it? Okay, okay, I'm gonna do a whole Facebook live. I'm gonna do an unboxing, guys. Look at this, look at this. Oh my god, they made six figures. This is so cool. Make more, give more. Oh my god. Um, and now, literally, I again, I probably can't twist the camera, but there's literally like just boxes. You can see that there's one big one, there's like a bunch of them over there. There's literally boxes around this office of trophies that I haven't even bothered to open up. Right. Because it's like at some point, it's just like, I'm sorry, I messed up the camera. But at some point, it's just like, all right, another trophy. Okay. Not, you know, congratulations. But it's like, I've actually had clients get offended by it. But it's like, I, I can't, like, it's just become normal now. It's just regularly, someone's hitting six or seven figures and it's just, I've become kind of numb to it. Unfortunately, and I'll tell you another thing, like, we, you know, we do, we try, we, do, we try to do good charity work every month. So it's like, for example, when I first built my first water well, I was like, oh my God, I built a water well. Mom, dad, look at this. You're not going to believe this. Look at the picture. There's people, they did not have water before. They, they had to leave schools and carry buckets of waters and, and walk for hours and hours. And they don't have to do that anymore. And oh my God, this is nuts. Ah, make more, give more. And now it's just like, just writing another check. Mortgage, car lease, kids school, charity check cool i mean like i just told you i got pictures of another community center the construction that they're building that we funded it was cool for a minute but then it's just like all right another one you know what i mean so it it, it is a process like don't think that anyone's really got it figured out and they're crushing and they're super happy it's all like that's just all shit that they want to show you so you buy something off of them right it's all mostly nonsense it is a process and if you're not doing as well as like maybe me or mike it's only because you're earlier on in the journey and for no other reason and, and it doesn't really matter it just means that later on you will be if you want to be if you decide to be um so i just wanted to put that disclaimer out there that like dude no one's got it all figured out and it's a pro and it's a, it's a journey it's a process and the point is to keep having stepping stones and to keep growing and to keep getting closer and closer to that uh you know, just state of nirvana. But I also do believe that you actually truly never achieve that in this life. And then that state of mind is actually only 
reserved for heaven. I don't believe any. I don't. I, I don't believe that you ever truly hit that. Like, ah, I'm done. Everything is the way it's supposed to be. Everything is great. Da, da, da. Like, I don't think that actually exists. But, um, but now to answer your question. Um, sorry, I, I went on that whole rant. So what was the question was about unbroken. What was it? Yeah. What does it mean to you to be unbroken? What is it to me to be unbroken? Um, well, the first thing that just came to my mind is that, you know, I'm, I, I, I trip big on you as a person. I think that you were consisted of our physical self, our mental self, our spiritual self and our and our relationship self, you know, um, you know, it's pretty interesting. Um, I think relationships are highly under misunderstood and highly under leveraged and uh, really underrated. If you think about it for a second, if you take a look at most of the major monotheistic religions out there, they have banned all the outlets. Yeah, not don't drink, don't smoke, don't gamble, don't womenize, uh, don't go clubbing, you know, don't gamble. All these things, all the all the major monotheistic religions have banned all these things: Christianity, Catholicism, Islam, Judaism. You're not allowed to do any of this stuff, right? Um, so then, well, dude, what's what outlet do I have? Like, according to like God, what outlet do we have? Truly, it's community. It's people. Uh, it, it is it is people, and that socializing the right way is really our number one outlet. Is really is so important and key to a healthy life. You know, having good healthy relationships. But in order to have healthy relationships, you yourself need to be healthy physically, spiritually, mentally, relationship-wise. Before I was broken as a person, when I was broken as a person, I wasn't building any water wells. I wasn't building any community centers. I wasn't helping people make millions and millions of dollars so that they can give more. Okay, I don't really care about the number, dude. I'll be completely honest with you. I just want, I just want to know, are you giving more? The answer is yes, we're good. None of that was happening when I was broken. But now as I've by choice rebuilt myself, I suppose you can say, you know, that's that's unbroken. And and that's what I hope and pray for that everyone can can do to themselves. Um, I, and I, I think that that'd be one of the greatest things you can do. It's powerful, my friend. And thank you for your vulnerability and your beautiful answer. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, leave a review, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Peace. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. 
We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 